Welcome to Cigar City Radio, episode number 56. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen, a man who's never been to Belgium, Mr. Jason Solanez. It's too early for Christmas music, man. Not too early for that music. Ah, mm. Dixmas music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should I even? I'm going to bleep all of it. No, yeah. We're going to have to bleep everything in this intro. <laughs> this intro is one long bleep. Hey, you, Cigar City Radio listener. If you're listening to this show and you like it, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Cigar City Radio. Also, please subscribe to our mailing list to get music, info, and news, and everything sent right to your inbox. Algorithms be damned. Just go to CigarCityManagement.com slash subscribe. You'll find the link there where you can put in your email address. We'll send you cool stuff, but we won't blow up your inbox. We promise. It's all very tastefully done. Like our show, right? Our show is very tastefully done. The episode you're about to listen was recorded at the world-famous Blind Tiger Cafe in the heart of Ybor City, Tampa, Florida. The Blind Tiger Cafe is a speakeasy-inspired coffee house. We serve vegan pastries, coffee, tea, beer, kombucha, etc., etc., etc. Our guest on this episode is 24-year-old Florida musician Adam Kielbach better known by his alter ego, Hot Wax. He's an electronic musician known for crafting down-tempo electronic tunes with engaging hooks and atmospheric beats. He's got releases on compilations from Intelligent Sound, now defunct tape label Purr Tapes. Purr. Purr Tapes. And he has a new album out now called Communicator, which was released on tape by 2060 Records and released onto Spotify, Apple Music, Beatport, and more uh, by yours truly, Cigar City Management Label Services. What up? The album Communicator features guitar from Nate Wagner and vocals from synthwave artist Navigator, as well as chillwave vocalist and producer Stefalu, who's worked with the likes of Chrome Sparks, Sun Glitters, and more. It's a really awesome, chill, very well-produced record, and you'll hear us talk a lot about it in this interview, but I definitely recommend you go check it out on Spotify or wherever you listen to music, and you'll be able to hear a little bit of it at the end of this episode because we're going to be fading you out with his track Between the Rivers, which is the third track from Communicator. So here it is, episode number 56. Good to be here, guys. Yeah, man. Thanks thanks for coming by. Nope. And uh, yeah. for the discerning Cigar City Radio listener, you might remember Adam's voice from our episode with Easter Island, uh, where Adam was sitting in on. So now the tables have turned. Now, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've literally turned, the, turned you to the other side of the table. Yes. Now I'm over here, whereas before I was over there. So big things. Moving yeah, big, on up. <laughs> <laughs> moving on around. Moving yes. on. Moving around. Round, exactly. around, get around. It's a lateral move. Around. Exactly. <laughs> So 
so Adam, better known as Hot Wax, just had a new release called Communicator that was just put out on Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else that music is found. Also on Beatport. Right? Yeah. E- even title. So if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you're just that into Jay-Z, you can, you know, <laughs> add your Jay-Z with your, with your Hot Wax. Yeah, you can have it all. Yeah. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about this album, Communicator, because it's kind of a interesting bit of chill wave, like in, instrumental electronic music. You know, where did where did that sound come from? Um, so I mean, basically, Communicator was probably uh, it's it's something that I'd wanted to do. I wanted to make an album. I mean, I've I've been producing for a little over six years at this point, like since 2011, and you know, I felt like I had gotten to the point production wise, you know, uh, where it was something that was feasible that I could do. And I wanted to, you know, finally have like some kind of statement out there in the world that was a signpost for how far I've come and, you know, sort of encapsulate my sound, you know, as, uh, 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 tight as possible, you know, and I think, uh, a good way to do that is, you know, just put out an album and let people know that this is, what I sound like, you know, it's, it's a good, um, way to recommend people your music quickly rather than just saying, Oh yeah, you can check out my SoundCloud or I've got a single here, or, yeah. you know, a song there, you know, on this uh, compilation or something. It's, uh, something that I'm very proud of that it, now that it's out in the world. Um, I mean, I think it goes without saying that it's my best collection of music yet. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to hear better hot wax songs than what's on communicator. Yeah. I, I spent, you know, just over six months working on it, crafting all the details. And this was the first um, uh, collection of tunes of mine that I actually had sent out to be professionally mastered, whereas I used to do it all my my own. And so I think that's another, um, you know, big step that, you know, shows that it's something a little more official that, that people can listen to and yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Well, definitely, like the the mastering is great because it rocks the the low ends are nice and nice and deep. It's one of those albums where you know I've put it on a couple times, like late at night with like I have these Sony like extra bass you know headphones. If you if you're listening to this, they're the, like the giant cushiony Sony headphones. It's basically, having pillows on your yeah, head. it's like having pillows yeah. on your head. But the bass on those things is just extraordinary. So I love putting that on and just listening to your record and like sort of letting it like massage my head you know <laughs> like oh, yeah. letting the vibrations oh, yeah. just kind of flow you know yeah i, I was going to put the the soundcloud genre as auditory massage but i figured it wouldn't get a lot of hits in the uh, algorithm <laughs> or, so <laughs> or a different or different kind of hits i guess you know? yeah perhaps yeah <laughs> it's it's still tough for me to go on uh tumblr and especially twitter and search hot wax because a very different hot wax comes up yeah, still yeah that's gonna be when i know that i've made it as an artist uh is when my music comes up instead of all the S&M uh, <laughs> search results instead, but uh, that day has not arrived yet, yeah, sadly. still mostly S&M. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how would you cater to the S&M community if you were to? I, I think I already do. I just think it's an issue of reaching out to them and having them know that I exist as well. I would think that it would have happened already just by accident, them yeah. searching Hot Wax on Tumblr Most or something. Likely, yeah. And finding my music, you know, I, not that I have any personal expertise, of course, in this, but I would think that it, it could be good hot wax music, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, I think it could work. I think it's, it's versatile music. You could use it for homework. Yeah. 
anything really. You can let hot wax be the the soundtrack to your S and M lifestyle. Yeah, you know, I I fully endorse that. You, I'm that, I, I can go a, on the record for that. That's very specific. Very I mean, specific I'm I'm not gonna say that you know if you do this or that, you know, my music wouldn't work out. I mean, I I think you can make music work for whatever you want it to. So yeah, you know, just good. take take a listen to it, check it out, see if it's for you, and. You know, have a key party at your house next weekend or something. I don't know. Go for it. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Clearly, you've been Googling this more than I have. I'll tell you about it later. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, one of the things I do dig about the album is that it works as an album. You know, like a lot of days now you'll get music that's just kind of a random collection of, of things. But I think um, to, for me to really get Communicator, it took listening to listening to it from beginning to end, you know, and listening mm. to it again from beginning to end where, whereas some albums, you know, I think it's a good album where you can kind of pick and choose, you know, the songs that you like too. But for me, it just works together. I don't know if it, did you put a lot of time into kind of the, the sequencing and the order of the record? Yeah, I kind of, uh, mostly wanted it to, um, I mean like track listing wise, I, I wanted to alternate between like, maybe a more up-tempo song and a more down-tempo relaxing song. You know, I, I kind of didn't want like a continuous, like slow moving up to more up-tempo as the album goes on. Cause I kind of want people to be able to listen from track to track and like get something a little different. I didn't want, you know, like all the slow tracks to kind of blend into one another where people kind of forget which song is playing or whether one song faded out and the other one began. Yeah. So I think by doing that, it, it allows people to be a little more, um, focused in, in the listening, but also it's something that you can still put on in the background and, and, uh, you know, do schoolwork to, or write a paper to, or something like that. So I I think it works both passively and actively. Yeah, that, that makes, that definitely makes sense. I think, and I think I've, I feel like I've listened to it in both senses. You know, it is, it is good, good background music when you're working on something or, you know, but it's also like a really great listen. And I think part of that is due to the fact that, like you said, you spent six months working on, you know, details and things, you know, do, is, do you find that you like obsess over where sounds go or do, is it more of a natural progression? I, I like to uh, consider myself a perfectionist. I think that if you're a musician, I think that that's something that you just kind of, it's a quality that you just kind of have to have. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate obviously like the loose kind of jangly or abrasive kind of impromptu, you know, punk music and stuff like that. But in in the same sense, I, I do appreciate the, the perfect sort of uh, angular, organized, quantized sounds. I think that that's a little bit better uh, for what I'm suited to. I don't, I don't really like so much the, the imperfections and the, the organic mistakes, if you will, that, mm. that show up in, in songs. I think that um, finding the little details, finding the right you know, snare timbre, finding the right, um, you know, making sure the bass is like a little bit distorted so it stands out, but like not also too much to where it like kind of takes over the mix. Um, I think those are things that, that, um, I, I take pride in, in finding and, you know, obviously I wouldn't have released this album if, if I didn't think it was exactly what I wanted it to be. So yeah, I think it speaks for itself. I think that's an interesting thing about electronic music. Like you said, it's, it, in a way you kind of mix while you're 
making it, right? Yeah, yeah, of, that's definitely one of the things that happens. Yeah, because you know when a band goes in and you record everything, and then you go in and you and you muddy up the bass or you do this with the kick or whatever. You you don't really do that while tracking or while writing, you know. Whereas with electronic music, yeah, like you said, you can start with a bass sound that is exactly that sound that you want for the mix. You know? Yeah, if you know what you're going for, especially going into a track, you know, it's it's something that you can figure out on the fly. And, you know, because it's, it's just me, it's not, you know, any other collaborators or anything really. It's, you know, it, it, it affords me the environment to fine-tune at my own pace and figure things out uh, as I go along, which is a, a pretty good workflow for me. Yeah. Do you do any collaborations? or? I mean, uh, I was fortunate enough to have two uh, vocal collaborators on the album. Right, uh, right. One in Navigator, who makes dreamy kind of synth pop, uh, new wave music, and also Stefalu, uh, which was a really big grab. I was really excited to have her on the album because uh, she's worked with like chillwave idols pretty much that I used to listen to back in like 2011, you know, XXYYXX, um, mm. Chrome Sparks, especially Teen Days, uh, Sun Glitters. You know, so that was that was really awesome that they were both able to lend their voices to my uh, album, and I, I think that they also offer a good compliment. You know, as opposed to just hearing instrumentals for you know thirteen tracks, I think it, it's it's good that that they kind of break up the monotony a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're nice vocals because it's it doesn't take over what you're doing musically, but it really like adds an extra sort of ethereal layer to the music, especially in Rockaway. I would say that the vocals from Stefalu are very like just it's it feels like it's a part of it like it's an extension of the the synths and the sounds you know yeah it's, i love that yeah so. she was a really big fan of the song when i sent it to her so that's when i knew i had a good a good track on my hands there yeah, yeah. it's not often i get to work with vocals so when i do it's you know a chance that i don't often pass up and is that is that something you did you go in thinking this needs a vocal or did you write it's kind of like how, how did how did it come together in that sense I mean, I, I approached her after the instrumental was already finished. Okay. Um, I felt it needed vocals. You know, I mean, instrumentally, it's probably the more or the most minimal track on the album besides the interlude. Um, but it was definitely something that I felt needed vocals after I was done and I listened to it. I was like, this is like a good tune, but it could be better. It needs the extra dimension, the extra, you know, attention grabbing vocal melody. And, you know, for the life of me, I'd never been able to sing. Yeah. And I, I know that for my debut album, I don't want to put listeners through listening to my own voice. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I reached out, and fortunately, Stefalu, um, uh, you know, sent an acapella over, and it was exactly what I needed. It was a perfect fit. So that's awesome. That was really awesome. It's amazing that that can happen from like different parts like different places you know like you didn't you didn't have to be in the same room to create that it's like yeah that's the beauty of the internet man yeah thank thank you internet <laughs> coming shout, at you live from shout out google.com yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about chill wave as a genre too sure um because you know like meeting you and hearing your music and was kind of my introduction into thinking about chill wave as its own thing. Like I, I had heard washed out, you know, and I had heard a couple of like the, I guess the godfathers of chill wave or whatever, but mm -hmm. I never really had considered it to be its own thing, you know? So what, like, I don't know, who are some of your influences and where does like the genre come from? You know? Um, I mean, I, I came into chill wave, um, around like the summer of 2011 
mm-hmm. uh, like right when school was starting for me at that point. I was like a junior in high school. And up until that point, I was listening to like three bands. I was listening to Beck. I was listening to Audio Slave. And I was listening to Queens of the Stone Age. All right. And I was looking for something a little bit different. And I had just caught Toro Moi, his album Underneath the Pine. He was like, you know, touring and doing the singles around that and stuff. And so I heard uh, Still Sound on the radio. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, it was just such an organic funk sound, but it was like rooted in just like really chill vibes and, you know, really relaxing, mellow party music kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I never heard anything like that uh, up to that point. So I just reached out on Facebook and a friend of mine who I just so happened to have a class with, um, they recommended me like eight artists that were like in the chill wave, like umbrella at the time. Yeah. And I, I just took off from there. It was like Christmas you know, it was like the middle of summer, but it was, it was, it was like, I was just been given a gift, you know, my whole brain just like exploded with just, I had no idea that this was out here, that, that people were making music like this. And it was exactly what I was looking for. I mean, I, I, I would say Toro y Moi, Neon Indian and Washed Out, like those are always the big three yeah. that get associated with not just the, the best examples of Chill Wave, but like you said, the, the godfathers of Chill Wave, if you will. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I also heard um, a lot of, you know, smaller artists, but ones that were more perhaps um, singularly focused around Chill Wave, you know, Teen Days, uh, Blackbird, Blackbird. Um, there was an artist from uh, Texas. His name was Pandit. He made a lot of, like, really dreamy Chill Wave and, like, guitar pop and dream pop. And, you know, it was not too long after that that I found, you know, the captured tracks, you know, that was like a good year or two, you know, with craft spells and wild nothing and, uh, real estate, uh, to some extent, I wasn't as big a fan of them. It kind of took me a little while longer to grow into their stuff, but wild nothing especially was another artist that I, I definitely consider to be a, a chill wave pioneer, even though, I'm sure he despises the label as as many artists yeah, do, sure. especially at this point in our current year, 2017. You know, even in 2011, uh, I'm sure they did not enjoy the label of Chill Wave because it was kind of dismissive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it was its own genre, which was cool. So you could organize and discover music based around that genre. So I'm not really against genres and like names like chill wave and you know witch house and you know post dubstep or whatever because it helps people find music that's similar to that and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i mean if you're the artist and you get pegged like you know in a certain genre i think that's something you just kind of have to take with a grain of salt you know but also know that by being you know tagged as this or that it's helping your audience find you a little easier i think yeah, so that makes sense yeah so being tagged as chill wave or you know down tempo chill out synth wave whatever you want to tag me as i'm cool with that because you know whether i think it sounds like that or not if that's what you think i sound like then that's what's important because the audience is the one that's listening to it it's not sure. you know necessarily up to me once it's out in the public, you can make my music whatever you want it to be. So, yeah, you know, go for it. Well, and that's such a interesting way to think about music for me, you know, because 
in a way when you're talking about like chill wave or down tempo you're describing less because there's you can take two chill wave songs and they sound completely differently mm-hmm. or you can take two down tempo songs and they sound completely different but the kind of feeling that you get or the mood might be similar and mm-hmm. i think it's like i feel like that's like a new age spotify thing now where now we're starting to look at music as like moods you know because because yeah. since we have all the music ever at our disposal we can be like well i'm feeling this this yeah. is a, so i want to listen to music to you know do whatever with that feeling you know and you can do that now you can search and just find something that you know so rather than it being a thing where it's like okay this is uh, death metal versus black metal based on the way the singer growls you mm-hmm. know describing music in a in a sense of like okay this is chilled down music this is up tempo you know club music you know it's like i don't know for me it's a it's a really interesting way to kind of group music in that sense yeah it's all about the aesthetic uh even though that word has been used to death at this point sure, yeah. by the online community i mean i have been subscribed to this YouTube channel called David Dean Burkhart mm. for like years and years, like since Joe Wave like took off and I found out like, you know, where it was emanating from more or less, you know, he was one of the first channels that I found out he was making like old lo-fi, you know, unofficial videos, you know, with like female skateboarders and like black and white ballroom footage and stuff going okay. over top of like, you know, a Toro Wimwa song or something. So that was really cool. And he's been like the the main channel pretty much that i go to for like the the jangly lo-fi washed out you know like hoops and mac demarco yeah you know a lot of stuff that sounds a lot like that there's a million other bands that sound like it but like just different enough to where they're worth listening to as well so you know shout out david dean burkhart um that's that's where i uh, got a lot of my early influences from too and still today even that's awesome. I have, I'm not hip at all. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's a very cool uh, channel. He he, you know, branches out obviously from it. You know, he's done like Andy Stott, like house producers and stuff too. But it's uh, more of a channel that I prefer as to, as opposed to like something like Majestic Casual, mm. where it's like a little bit like EDM light more and more nowadays. Yeah. Um. You know, but it was it was very cool back in the day. But yeah. Are you are you into EDM at all? No, I never. It's too aggressive. It's it's too formulaic. I don't appreciate um, drops as as much as I guess most people do. People love their drops. People man. love drops. <laughs> it's it's all about that tension building. But I think instead of tension, I prefer like relaxation. You know, I just want like an even keel. You know, something that's pleasing. You know, to the ears, something that I can just vibe out to and not like oh here it comes do, 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 you know yeah. like, uh, i don't know it's just really kind of one note i think yeah but that's just me obviously there's so many edm festivals now yeah so I think obviously I, i'm not the uh the the focus group that they're right talking right well to. i think that's what it's about is it's, about, it's almost more about the festival than it is the like individual listening experience you know mm-hmm. i know a lot of people that go to edm festivals all the time but they don't actually listen to the music you know like they don't go home and buy the records and you know it's an excuse to congregate and you know drink ecstasy out of a water bottle or something (laughs) i don't know (laughs) so (laughs) i'm i'm definitely painting with broad brush strokes but that's just kind of been my uh surface level experience just by reading pitchfork headlines and stuff about you know all that yeah stuff so 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 if they made like a chill wave down tempo festival 
you know, what would that be like? Um, I mean, that's part of the reason that I have been going to three points Mm -hmm. uh, for the past two years. You know, I just came back from that this year. And that's like the one festival that I feel takes um, the idea of electronic music and doesn't immediately equate it to EDM. You know, it understands that electronic is such a huge genre that it covers so much music that isn't just, you know, builds up, build ups and drops. And and that's, that's why I enjoy going because not only is it uh, electronic music that's left field and a little bit more, you know, of the ambient nature, like this year they had actress do a live set and he's, he's great. He opened up for animal collective at the Ritz, Mm -hmm. uh, last year, which was great. Um, you know, and they also have like bad, bad, not good, which is like jazz fusion. And they're like college graduates, you know, they're like 24 year old, and they're like, you know, doing covers of like Earl Sweatshirt and like Kanye West songs. It's like totally awesome how, you know, big the umbrella is and how they're not willing to just pigeonhole electronic music so quick, yeah. you know. So it's 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 a cool thing. Yeah, that yeah. needs to be more like that, I guess. Yeah, and I guess some some festivals are incorporating that. Even Bonnaroo has like a stage that's sort of dedicated to like electronic music as a whole. You know, yeah, it's not really EDM. I, I just feel like it would be kind of difficult to make a complete comprehensive like dream pop festival, like Chihuahua festival. I just, I just can, I can see now the, the multitudes of people talking over the music Yeah, that's, that's just true. because it's like not engaging enough, even though like they know what the music is that yeah, they're getting yeah. into. It's not, you know, like when you just like walk in off the street of, Ebor and you're like, oh, free show, cool. And then you just like start like talking to your friend that's there or something yeah, instead yeah. of listening to the music, you know. But I don't know. I mean, there's there's like an exhaustive list of artists that I would put together if I were to curate my own festival. I, I think it would probably actually end up leaning a little bit more uh up tempo than perhaps um you you would uh, assume based on my music taste and what I produce, but you know, I think either way, there's there's still a place for it, you know, because it's it's just not there yet, you know. Like yeah. we've Tampa's tried their hand at music festivals, and they've had you know middling success with it. And I, I just think it's because that maybe here there isn't so much the audience for it, but down in Miami or someplace like you know Moogfest in North Carolina, there's a bigger audience for it. So if there was something like that to happen i think it would probably have to happen somewhere other than here unfortunately yeah well i think Um, it would have to be a kind of a grassroots thing here you know i think the the electronic artists in the area would have to kind of band together i mean there's there's a a scene that's growing i mean we have you know you hot wax there's you know freed back has been making incredible electronic music yeah he's been everywhere locally pajamas has been doing a lot of really cool stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, billy may's infinite third yes is like you know and those and you know all these people that i just named to make completely different types of music but right but it's, it's all, all electronic but yeah. you can you know take it in so many different directions i think it's really cool that we have that much variety here just on the local scene yeah you know? that's amazing yeah so, and you're all like sort of using the same kind of stuff right like are, are you building everything like in ableton or um i'm the stubborn weirdo that like doesn't like ableton okay. i just find it too um I don't know. Complex makes it seem like I just don't know what I'm looking at, but like it's it's just too technical for me. I feel like being 
the perfectionist pr- uh, production-wise that I am, I feel like Ableton, I would never finish a song. It would just mm-hmm. give me too many options to tweak and edit and fix and alter. And it just would slow me down to the point where like I'd be working on one song for like the amount of time that it took me to make the album. Yeah. So <laughs> I use something called Mixcraft, oh. which um, people usually follow up that with, oh, I've never heard of that. And I go, I yeah, know. I know. Yeah. I, I never have heard of yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. I've, I've, I've yet to hear a different response to that <laughs> answer. But um it's basically like GarageBand for Windows. That's what I try to tell people because okay. most people have like a frame of reference for GarageBand because that's, you know, like freeware basically on every Mac. But yeah. it's a lot more intuitive than GarageBand. But it's also something that if you're a beginner like I was when I started making music, it's so easy to use. Like the interface is great. Everything is exactly where you need it to be. There's no like hidden buttons. You don't know what does which. Everything is just right there for you. And it's so easy to like start a tune and finish a tune it's it's really really cohesive stuff that's really interesting that you mentioned the hidden buttons because that's what frustrates me about garage band it's like everything is hidden behind another thing that you have to like check off to enable like you know it has all these features but none of them are available to you (laughs) you know like you have to uh, secretly unlock them like a video game Mm -hmm. you know so that mix mix craft that's i've yeah i'm gonna have to check that out yeah they've been around for at least like I would think almost a decade at this point. I haven't like exactly traced, you know, the roots of their company or anything. I, I came in about halfway through, you know, I was on like Mixcraft like four and now they're on like Mixcraft eight. So yeah. right. they're, they're, are you they're still using up. four? Are you that? No, that kind of guy? <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, I, I'm still getting used to the controls and, and improvements on eight, but right now I'm still using seven, but they have like a, like a regular Mixcraft seven and then like the pro studio version, which yeah. is like the, the, the standard version of Ableton versus like the, you know, the deluxe or the sweet version, whatever the upscale, you know, thousand dollar version of Ableton is, you know, that's like kind of their version of it. I see. So I, I use that one at least to give me the most options available to me. So I'm not, you know, limiting myself at all. That's really interesting to think about a, a byproduct of being an electronic musician is like, you know, when you learn guitar or bass, like you don't have to relearn it every time there's a new version, you know, like you don't yeah. you have to like learn guitar version 5.0, you know, that's interesting as an electronic artist. Like, yeah, every time they change your, an interface or something like that, you know, that messes with your workflow in some way, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's interesting. But yeah. I guess once you find one that you like, that's kind of the that's kind of the deal. Yeah, I mean, I've I've tried you know free trials of Ableton multiple times, and I, maybe it's just the, the the trial isn't long enough. But I've just never been able to like wrap my head fully around it. I know it's the producer's daw, you know, but <laughs> I I don't know. I like Mixcraft. It's it's yeah. what I've always used, and it still works today. So you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Well, you should go hang out with Friedback. Go to Matt's house, and uh, I should. Maybe he'll teach you the the right way to look at Ableton. He'll, he's he's going to spell it all out for me. <laughs> that, is, that guy just doesn't struggle. He just figures everything out he, immediately. He, and he preaches the 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 gospel of Ableton. He yeah. really does. So <laughs> he loves Ableton. <laughs> so he'll it's his you. child. Yeah. Uh so, you know, Communicator's out now. You can listen to it. Um it's a great record. What is next for Hot Wax? What can we expect? So, I've been, you know, Hard at work, obviously, making new songs post-Communicator. Um, I would say they're a little bit more uh, beat-oriented, um, maybe a little bit more, um, you know, something that can be listened to a little more actively. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm still obviously making, you know, the usual lush, you know, dreamy vibes and, and soundscapes and stuff like that. Um, I would hope that pretty soon in the, in the coming months I'd have another EP out, um, just something to kind of, you know, let people know that I'm still, you know, making tunes. Um, so hopefully that'll be out, you know, maybe early into the next year or something like that. Um, just, you know, keeping my production game sharp. Um, the next step probably outside of music would be to just perform live, you know, still figuring out the kinks in that uh, aspect. Um, hopefully get some shows going soon. I mean, you know, the, the goal, uh, last year, my new year's resolution was to play new world brewery and oh. that, uh, I can't do that anymore. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you can play the new new world brewery. Yes. When they yeah. The newer world brewery. Yes. The um, newer world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that's still alive in that, in that, in that sense. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, if, if you, anybody wants to buy a tape of communicator, those are available too. Um, if you like what you hear when you stream it on Spotify, um, you can get them on Bandcamp, right? Yeah. Um, I put communicator originally out through the Olympia label 2060. Um, Mm -hmm. they do a lot of similarly down tempo, you know, boards of Canada kind of, you know, ambient electronic stuff. Um, so there's tapes available on there, uh, through their Bandcamp, 2060.bandcamp.com. Um, or you can just download it there, stream it, buy it, you know, if you want it in like 48 bit flack or whatever, if you're an audiophile, um, it's there. Yeah, it's there (laughs) if you want it, or you can just uh, check it out on Spotify, you know, iTunes. It's, you know, if you want, if you want to listen to the music, it's out there, man. You just got to find it. So it's very, it's very easy to get. You just gotta, gotta decide. Yep. Um, so we're going to end the show with uh, one of your tunes. Sure. You know? So what, what song do you want the, the world to hear right now? Oh, man. Um, let's see. That is a good <laughs> question. I conveniently have my track list up. Um, I would say let's go with uh, Between the Rivers. Between I think the Rivers, that's, that's a good, a good one. one. Yeah. All right. You want to set that one up for us? You want to give a, give a little context? Sure. Um, Let's see. This this track is basically uh, the culmination of uh, the relationship that I've been in in the past two plus years um, with a wonderful girl named Kelsey. Um, she said, "You know what? No one has ever done for me before." And I was like, "What is that?" And she was like, "No one's ever made a song about me before." And I was like, "Bet." So <laughs> I just sat down, got to work, cracked my knuckles, and. Uh, couple, you know, a week or so later, Between the Rivers came out and, you know, so it's kind of a, a little more of a romantic vibe, I would say, influenced by that, of course. Um, it's probably the more dreamy track on the album. Um, yeah, Between so the Rivers. Is, this is definitely the one for the S&M parties then. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. <laughs> so as promised, here's your fade out, Between the Rivers from the album Communicator by Hot Wax. Hot Wax. 